Hi, my name's Madalena Kay, and I'm the host of the podcast AI and You, produced by Europod in partnership with Podium Podcast, Agence France Press, and Cora Media. In AI and You, we deal with the history of AI and how it is having an impact on our lives. From social relationships to employment, from climate change to wars and security. Is AI changing our world for the better or the worse? Come and check it out for yourself. Subscribe to AI and You wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Europod. The interview with Angela Merkel was approaching fast. I was so focused on the interview, on how to coin my question to the Chancellor, that I was dreaming about her. Sometimes those dreams were very odd. I can recall one of them. Angela Merkel, working at her desk with a dim light, just picked up the phone. Barack Obama was on the line. It is a cold, wintry night of January 2017. He's about to leave the White House. He was packing his things. He was coaching her. She has to step in. She has to become the leader of the free world. My question to Angela Merkel. La mia domanda ad Angela Merkel. Ma question a Angela Merkel. Mi pregunta a Angela Merkel. A Europod series. Episode 9, Angie, leader of the free world. Leader of the free world, that notion has a Cold War undertone. It brings us back to the very, very American idea that the US is in charge of the world order. It's going to be only America first. America first. I don't have to remind you. Obama's successor was none other than Donald Trump. And I don't have to tell you that, for Donald Trump, being the leader of the free world meant nothing. So, who will take on the role of leader of the so-called free world? All eyes were on Merkel. But the thing is, Angie does not want that endowment. To her, it does not make a lot of sense. Still, Her longevity in power has made her a stable representative of liberal democracy on the international stage. It seems she has become, against her will, a reluctant leader of the free world. Jean-Claude Juncker. She never turned into a leader of the free world. This idiom was primarily used during the Cold War, but it is not employed anymore. But... Despite what Jean-Claude Juncker just said, I believe this hypothesis of a reluctant leader of the free world is worth exploring. I just need to organize this properly. Brexit, Trump, Putin's Russia, Orbán's 
Hungary. Brexit. Some expect my speech to pave the way for a fundamental reform of the European architecture. 27th of February 2014. While on an official visit to the United Kingdom, Angela Merkel addresses the British Parliament. It is a difficult situation. The euro area is still embroiled in multiple crises. And while the UK does not have the euro, anti-euro parties are rising there. A year before, David Cameron, the Prime Minister since 2010, is caving to the very conservative fringe of his party and announced that, if re-elected, he will renegotiate the UK's place in the European Union and hold a referendum on its membership. Therefore, Merkel's visit is closely watched. Will she, for instance, make an opening for the UK to restrict the freedom of movement of Europeans? Agree to curtail social benefits of Europeans in the UK? But she cannot make such a move. Sorry, I meant to say she does not want to. The UK is not part of the euro, is not part of Schengen. It has already a very privileged status in the bloc. And curtailing the freedom of movement within Europe is not what is needed now. Don't get me wrong, Angie wants the UK to stay in the EU. Remember when we talked about Greece? She couldn't bear the idea of Greece leaving. So when Cameron suggests to Merkel that he's thinking of submitting the should I stay or should I go question to a referendum, Angie thinks, schlechte idee, you may have understood, bad idea. Listen to Jean-Claude Juncker, former president of the European Commission, and once again, Merkel's ally before the new crisis. She was haunted by this idea. She always said that when a big member state decides to leave the EU, and, and this applies to smaller ones too, it is a real tragedy. Brexit is a tragedy. It is an ahistorical movement, one that does not follow the course of history, but goes against it. And yet, it happened. This means that the UK has voted to leave the European Union. This is a new crisis for the EU. Is this the beginning of the end? It doesn't have to be. The EU should take it easy but steady. The Angie way. And make Brexit an opportunity for the remaining countries to come closer instead of growing apart. The summer of 2016 marks the beginning of three years of frantic negotiations. Hey, how are you holding up? Struggling a bit, to be honest. In a complete rush and lacking insights from my interviewees when it comes to more recent events. And I'm still very frustrated that I didn't get an Eastern interviewee. You know that I might have a colleague that you could interview? Do you know Esther Zalan? The Hungarian journalist? Yeah, yeah. She works at EU Observer now. I can ask her if you want to. You bet I do. Thanks. Well... It was interesting to see, to begin with, how much emphasis the UK has put on Merkel's role and Germany's opinion on the whole Brexit issue. And somehow it seemed like a lot of politicians in the UK were betting on 
Germany to sort of outmaneuver France or the rest of the EU and strike a, a better deal for the UK in terms of Brexit. And it was interesting to see how that didn't happen. Merkel showed a firm hand. The EU was in a power position. The most important thing for Merkel was to keep the single market united. So in terms of also in negotiating with the UK and how to approach Brexit, I think her position was also, let's do it in a circle with the UK or sort of have a, a bilateral, a different road, then everybody else will do that. And then it will just be very detrimental to the EU's position. And I think as an economic powerhouse, it was also very important for Germany and for Merkel to keep the integrity of the single market. That has been a key point in throughout the uh, Brexit negotiations. Trump. Now arrives the hour of action. On the other side of the Atlantic, the year 2016 was going to redefine the world order. Together, After all, Donald Trump, America's while in office, was shaking hands with dictators like North Korea's Kim Jong-un or the Russian President Vladimir Putin. But in 2017, in the White House, he did not want to shake Merkel's hand. The sober physician and the erratic reality TV star don't get along. Is that really surprising, though? So why is Trump being such a, how do I put it, a rascal? For someone as thorough and composed as Angie, a man like Trump is not a piece of cake. And it's not just about their different personalities. So I used to be a fan of Merkel. I used to think she was terrific. I think what she did to Germany is a disgrace. But disgrace. what angered Trump it's so much disgrace. was her policy to welcome refugees. To to In 2015, the Times money, made Merkel their person of the year. She's Chancellor of the Free Word. President Trump, disappointed since he wasn't the cover boy, endows her with a different title, the person who ruined Germany. When you're dealing with Trump, it's easy to make the contrast. Judy Dempsey. Because um, Trump gave Merkel any opportunity to defend freedom, to defend multilateral institutions, to defend human rights and dignity. Merkel switched gears on her Atlanticist side with the arrival of Donald Trump. Since his election, she made countless statements on why the EU has to ensure its own security, its own defence, and should be more assertive to represent its interest. In June 2018, the annual G7 summit will be held in Canada. Trump gets very offensive, coming back to Germany about NATO. Moreover, he demands the reintegration of Russia, which had been excluded from the group after the annexation of Crimea. When the time arrives to close the summit and sign the unanimous communique, Trump refuses categorically to sign the trade agreement. Angie takes the lead. And you must have seen the picture that was taken of her, surrounded by G7 leaders, power posing with her hands on the table in front of Trump. Trump was looking away, with his arms crossed. It wasn't the first time that Angie was first in line to stand up to Trump. 
Judy Dempsey has worked for the International Herald Tribune and for the Financial Times as a correspondent. So she was familiar with the EU-US relations. And I remember she had insights when it came to Trump-Merkel confrontations. Merkel was probably the only leader, maybe one or two exceptions in the Baltic states, that actually stood up to Trump and spoke openly about the need to defend values, Western values, universal values. And she wasn't going to be bullied by Trump or intimidated by him. Merkel was one of the few leaders to speak up during NATO summits when Trump put on his show. But here the record is less in her favour. Under her leadership, Germany was also behind its commitments to spend 2% of its GDP on defence. If most European countries are also behind this commitment, Germany is the bad pupil of the class, with a contribution of about 1% of its GDP. To be fair, the issue was on the agenda when Barack Obama was in office. But Trump took it to another level and blamed Merkel regularly. But despite Trump's rumbling and Germany failing its commitments, Angela Merkel could be confrontational with the US president. A senior official once explained to me what happened at the NATO summit in 2018 in Brussels. While Donald Trump was ranting on European countries not paying their share and was disrespectful, Merkel suddenly walked around the room. She told officials and diplomats to leave this working session, which is very unusual for those kind of events. Trump wanted to wrestle, then game on, between elected leaders. And this is another characteristic of Merkel. She's not easily intimidated. And I think she was disgusted with how Trump used politics in a transactional way instead of looking at the reciprocal element of politics and, and um, accountability and decency and dialogue. And Merkel just wasn't going to bow to this kind of, of um, thinking or this kind of rhetoric. Liebe Harvard, Jahrgang 2019. Harvard class of 2019. May the 30th, 2019. Angie gives a speech at Harvard University. A speech supposed to inspire the generation of graduates. Everything that Merkel hates. Angie doesn't like big words. It's one of the things that make her eyes roll. She likes to get into concrete facts and not dwell on theoretical clouds or on nonsensically long sentences. But for once, she'll make an effort. Now, go ahead, watch the video. It's available on our extras on Europod, www.europod.eu. But when I watched it, I personally couldn't help thinking she seemed so uncomfortable with this exercise. Being in the spotlight, with everyone watching, everyone applauding her every sentence. Really not her thing. And maybe, before I close on Trump, while packing up my things to head to Germany, my last big assignment was to report on the first trip of Trump's successor, Joe Biden, to Europe. He stayed five days in Europe, from the G7 in England to a NATO summit in Brussels. And Biden was very kind with Merkel. 
it almost seemed he was taking back the leader of the world narrative from Merkel. And as she's about to leave politics, she will gladly give it back. Putin. If Merkel's predecessor Schroeder called his friend Putin a flawless Democrat, Angie mustn't have the same definition of democracy as him. According to her, is the typical KGB guy. It can't be trusted, she knows that. He's an autocrat, and she decides to deal with him as he is. Esther Zalan. I think she's convinced that there won't be any change in Russia in terms of, you know, the leadership. Even if it's a different person, it's going to be the same autocratic, oppressive regime. So I think she's looking for accommodation And perhaps it is even more useful for her to do that in an EU context, because then you can always point to the EU as, you know, being the bad cop, or at least when they can agree on uh, sanctions or any declaration that is, might be forceful. Merkel is Putin's main interlocutor in Europe. They call each other at least once a week. Merkel speaks Russian and Putin speaks German. He speaks very good German, actually as he was a KGB agent in the DDR when Merkel was young. Off to a good start, eh? But her close relationship with Putin is also because of Germany's economic interests. 40% of Germany's gas and 30% of its oil come from Russia. A large part of it is brought into Germany via the Nord Stream pipeline. Since 2011, this pipeline has directly connected Russia to Germany through the Baltic Sea. And a project to double this pipeline with the Nord Stream 2 was aimed to be finalized in 2021. However, Merkel has faced some obstacles, including EU regulations on the energy market. Jean-Claude Juncker. According to her, the Nord Stream project was always a commercial one. That is how the file was first considered. Some Europeans later favoured political reasons because of what was happening in the Ukraine, amongst other things. She did not like that I introduced a new rule in the energy supply policy of the EU, writing down that when gas comes from a third country and ends up in Europe, a few EU rules need to be followed. The Nord Stream 2 project would benefit Germany but not the European Union. And Russia's violation of human rights didn't make Merkel's task any easier. Alexei Navalny is Putin's most vocal opponent in Russia. So, as you can imagine, Putin's administration is doing all they can to get rid of him, to put him in jail or, more radically, In August 2020, Navalny was poisoned. He is transferred to Germany to be treated in a Berlin hospital. This assassination attempt, orchestrated by Russia, called sanctions from a part of the international community. For Angie, inflexibility facing Russia when it came to human rights was essential. She was therefore put under pressure to put the remaining constructions of Nord Stream 2 on hold. And yet, 
Whilst reiterating, she was in line with the sanctions towards Russia, she pushed on for the finalization of the project, which would supply Germans with gas for the years to come. Rule of law, Orban. In Article 2 of the Founding Treaty on European Union, we can read The Union is founded on the values of respect for human dignity, freedom, democracy, equality, the rule of law and respect for human rights, including the rights of persons belonging to minorities. Leader of the free world is a true American thing. But defending democracy and freedom within Europe is something Angela Merkel really cares about. After all, her entire life is defined by this fight. However, all across Europe, democracy is put under threat by the rise of nationalist ultra-conservative parties. The EU is being tested, and so is Angela Merkel, especially with Viktor Orban, the Prime Minister of Hungary since 2010. Until March 2021, both were members of the centre-right EU party, the European People's Party, the EPP, an affiliation which shielded Orban to tame the press, oppress civil society, curtail democratic norms. But despite countless calls for help, Angela Merkel remained quiet on the issue. For Esther Zalan, it was about leverage. Being part of the same um, political family, the European People's Party, for a long time, that I think also just created a platform where Merkel thought that as long as we keep Orban in the family, that we have leverage. Even if Viktor Orban walked out of the party in March 2021, the damage was done. I mean, because this uh, democratic backsliding has started in 2010, so it's been going on for quite some time, and it still feels like some people are discovering it now, which is strange. But in terms of Merkel, I think what happened with her in the beginning, in the 2010, 11, 12, I think she was also not expecting Hungary to go, or Orban to go this far. During his re-election campaign in 2014, Orban declared promoting illiberalism for Hungary, a form of governance which would oppose itself to liberal democracies. China, Russia, India, Turkey and Singapore are models to him. Orban presents himself as being the counterpart to the decadence of a globalized and technocratic Western Europe, a protector of tradition and Christian values. Once again, Merkel is the prime interlocutor and expected to stabilize the ship. So I think she didn't want to escalate anything that went on with or goes on with Orban is because that she's worried that would break the EU. She's out the door and already the question of should Hungary be kicked out or should it leave or, she, you know, like this not going to work is raised. So I think there was a reason why she didn't escalate this to a point where this, is, this comes up and this would be in nobody's interest, you know. So that has been the real question with this uh, Orban issue. Uh, what is sort of the pressure or the pain threshold? for the EU until it can hold this inside. But I think for Merkel, it was clear that whatever happens, we have to stick together. There are further reasons that designate Merkel as someone that Orban will agree to hold discussions with. The Eastern European background of the two leaders 
allows for them to understand each other. It made Merkel able to understand Orban's views, even when she was miles away from sharing them. But maybe it was all about money. There's also the great German economic interest in good relations with Hungary. You know, the auto industry has great, very good relations with the Orban government. And that's sort of in parallel to whatever the federal government's relationship with the Orban government is. So, you know, Merkel could be tough language-wise towards Orban, but really what, you know, when all these companies have great relations, get all kinds of tax breaks in Hungary, but provide massive amount for jobs in Hungary, then it's difficult to sort of play tough. However, whether it wasn't enough of a leverage or if Merkel chose not to use it as such, she didn't manage to unlock the debates on migration. Some saw hypocrisy on her mild condemning of Orban's policies, which hid the protection of the German auto industry in Hungary. Hear what Judy Dempsey has to say about this. However, when it comes to Viktor Orban and the governing law and justice party in Poland, it is puzzling. And there are perhaps a couple of reasons. I don't think it's just economic reasons. I think that's too simplistic. Because if Merkel did say to Viktor Orban publicly, I'm going to use Article 7 against you of the European Treaty, or I'm going to ask the European People's Party that groups all the Conservative parties under this European Parliament grouping, I could ask them to, to suspend you. Um, Orban could turn around and say, oh, well, you know, we're going to kick out the, the car industry, the German car industry. Orban wouldn't dare do that. There are too many jobs at risk. I mean, frankly. So Merkel could have been much, much tougher. Why didn't she? Because of the past. Uh, I don't think Merkel wants Germany to be seen to be ganging up on Poland and Hungary and other East and Central European countries because of the legacy of the past. I don't think we, we can underestimate this. Orban became the most radical anti-migration leader in Europe. Not only did he refuse to take part in the EU's resettlement programme of 2015, in 2018, Hungary approved the Stop Soros Bill package, which criminalised giving assistance to undocumented immigrants and asylum seekers. Merkel and Orban clashed. More recently, just weeks ago, in summer 2021, Hungary adopted an anti-LGBTQ bill forbidding the, and I quote here, promotion of homosexuality and gender reassignment in schools and in daytime television. Merkel, who four years ago voted against gay marriage, now took a solid stand in condemning the Hungarian bill as clear discrimination. This law is wrong, she said, adding, and it's incompatible with my idea of politics. It seems that the infection has spread, and illiberalism is implanting itself in Europe with or without Merkel. Angie is fundamentally attached to democratic principles, and harboring them in Europe was an issue she took to heart. But she never claimed nor meant to be the leader of a free world, her main aim is to keep the ship afloat and in one piece. To do so, and to serve certain interests, she's not afraid to compromise, to calculate, to negotiate, even with democracy's worst enemies. What does that make of you, Angie? 
My question to Angela Merkel. La mia domanda ad Angela Merkel. Ma question a Angela Merkel. Mi pregunta Angela Merkel. A Europod series. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Do you want to hear more podcasts that get to the bottom of things that stand out in the ambient noise? Join Europod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our newsletter. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Discover our brand new website at www.europod.eu and join us in our fight. Europod. Clear the noise. Start to listen.